0: This is episode 183 with Tyler Lussey. Welcome to Forever Athlete Radio, where together we go far. I'm your host, Corey Camp, and today, Tyler joins us on the show. If you don't know, Tyler is a professional soccer player for Angel City FC right there in LA, where she is working on truly being more than an athlete. Tyler also attended Princeton University, where she is their all-time goal and point scorer. But beyond the pitch, Tyler is a co-founder of a scholar-athlete mentoring company called National College Recruiting Center that provides young scholar-athletes a platform to help reach their full potential on and off the field. It's a fun one today as we talk the future of women's pro sports, how Tyler's adjustment to LA has been so far, and really how she prioritizes a holistic sense of self while playing on the biggest stage in the game. Quick one before we dive into it, though forever athlete book connect with your true identity daily has been selling like crazy lately reaching number one in eight different categories over on amazon if you haven't had a chance to snag a copy yet i invite you to go read for yourself what all this hype is about head on over to amazon and grab yours today now let's dive into it
1: yeah
0: tyler welcome yeah. How the heck are you?
1: I'm great. I'm really excited to be here and talk to you today. (laughs) Me
0: too. I'm excited because we're both, we found out through Instagram that we're from the same area. Yes. And ironically, now we're doing this about as far (laughs) away from home as we possibly could. Yeah. How has that transition from East to West Coast been for you as I'm about to peace out and say, see you later? (laughs) You're
1: about to leave in a couple of days. (laughs) It's been good. Um, I've been on the West Coast now for six years, so I was in uh, Portland, Oregon for five years after college, and then uh, now just got traded a couple months ago in uh, end of Dece- mid-December to uh, here in LA. And uh, it's been a good, awesome transition. Um, definitely bittersweet, but uh, definitely enjoy being out on the West Coast. Still have my East Coast roots and all my family and everything. So love going home and visiting them. I was actually just in DC for our away game uh, against the Washington Spirit. So I had like 20 like friends, family, grandparents. I had my old babysitter from like when I was literally (laughs) five there and all her kids and everything. So it was just like, it it brought everything so much like back together and, and really enjoyed seeing everybody and seeing them watch me play and everything so it was great
0: yeah I was about to say how awesome (laughs) of an experience was that that you could really show them hey this is what I'm doing now
1: yeah it's it was incredible and uh it was interesting because three days before that game I was told by my coach that I was playing left back and I'm a forward (laughs) I'm a winger striker center forward do it all and I got pulled in saying hey you're gonna be playing left back because our captain at the time was out and uh I was kind of just, like, chuckled. I was like, is she serious about this? Got thrown into the position, um, and I was like, hey, fam. Like, texting my younger brother because he also plays soccer. I was like, hey, I need help. Like, I don't know how to play left back. I've never played left back in my entire professional career. This is six years in. What do I do? Because he's played multiple positions. He gave me all the advice. All my teammates were super supportive. So (laughs) a first full 90-minute game, my family is coming to watch me, and they've watched me plenty of times in my career. Yeah in my hometown. I was born in DC. I'm not, pl- I'm playing out of position. So it was definitely like, I was super nervous. Like I'm usually like pretty calm, cool and collected, like having fun or dancing around. Cause I'm like, okay, I'm a striker. I know what to do. I've done this for years, been trained to do this. I get thrown to left back and I'm like, I have this pit in my stomach. Cause I'm like, I'm nervous. Mm. I'm like, I'm prepared as much as I can, but I'm also like not over prepared. Cause I was like, I just need to know the basics. Just tell me what to do and then I'll get through it. Um, and it went great. It went better than I expected. We won, we had a clean sheet, so nobody scored against us. And as a defender, that's all you can good. ask for. Exactly. <laughs> that's what you can ask for. And then to do it in front of my family, my brothers, my parents um, was truly very special
0: when if at all did you feel that pit go away (laughs) like was it at halftime um a few minutes in
1: it was probably the morning of the game
2: okay
1: I uh ended up calling our captain who unfortunately wasn't able to play and she's the left back on our team so I was stepping in I was like hey I need to talk to you like let's just run through it again and like she was helping me through the basics just do this this and this and she's like you got it be confident in yourself just go out there and play soccer you know how to do this you've been trained to do this I know you're out of position right now but you know how to play um and mm. that's when I was like okay I got this you know what it is what it is hopefully we win and it's going to go however I can you know do my best at that point um and it worked out really well and uh then I had to play it this past weekend. So the pit in my stomach was a little less, but it was still there.
0: You have a little bit more experience under I, your belt, though. Just, you
1: know, two games in, yeah, left back.
0: Is <laughs> it going to be a, a thing moving forward, I, or are you I can't I wait to get back? I hope not. It.
1: <laughs> I'm versatile. I can play all of them, I guess. The only hard no is goalkeeper. Fair enough. Didi on my team. She's got it locked down. Uh, she's the past player of the game this past game Saturday, so I was like, I don't want to play goalie. I told my coach, hard no on goalkeeper anywhere else. Okay.
0: (laughs) It's got to be fun to be able to be so versatile and just kind of plug. I don't want to say plug and play wherever you go, but uh, what differences are there? I mean, I know by position, but obviously why do you gravitate more towards the offensive side of the ball? What about that really lights you up?
1: Yeah, obviously – Scoring a goal is, like, one of the best feelings, Um, especially doing it in a huge crowd and everything and just everybody screaming and cheering and coming together and that, like, energy and enthusiasm. Like, those are the moments you can, like, live for. But they're also fleeting. Like, you score and you remember that moment, but then it's the next day. So I love that feeling. I initially actually started my soccer career as a defender. So I slowly... So it's come full circle So it literally (laughs) has come full circle. So I played every position except goalkeeper. And then it was transition in like club soccer in Bethesda, Maryland that I started playing forward in college. I was a forward, got drafted and recruited as Mm -hmm. a forward, put it on the Portland thorns as a forward. And then here, they know I can run a lot. I'm very confident. I do like to defend and help defend on not only the offensive side, but defensive side. Um, so I have that kind of like innate, like grained in me, like, Mm -hmm. Hey, I'm going to help my team, no matter where I am on the field. Uh, so when I was playing left back, I was like, Okay, I remember like my Bethesda roots. I think I know how to play defense. Um, I naturally gravitate towards that anyway, Mm -hmm. because as a forward, especially as a center striker, you're the first line of defense in that sense. Like if you can press the ball, and I love pressing center backs and goalkeepers, like, hey, if I can win the ball and try to score as early and close to the goal as possible, that's what I crave. Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) so um, it was uh, definitely a challenging transition to play that left back, to be thrown into that, but I think that's what helps me grow as a player and then people can see that I'm very versatile mm-hmm. um and that'll just obviously help my soccer career expand more
0: yeah how's it been because Angel City's in their first year and yes. it, it was an expansion draft yes. where trades happened and everything how has that been coming together because I'm always curious when leagues expand you saw it in the I guess recently in the NHL like the Seattle Kraken yep didn't do so hot this year but a few years back the Knights yep. the Golden Knights made it to the cup oh, yeah. against, and thankfully you know the Caps won that series <laughs> no, I
2: remember that. but Go Caps. <laughs> yeah
0: how has that been for you now being a part of a team yep. that gets to establish a culture right off the bat and gets to build the community around them right off the bat instead of in other situations you've played in
1: you're thrown into it yeah it's yeah. already there yeah, so obviously getting drafted out of Princeton and going to Portland Thorns, like, that is, in terms of women's soccer representing, in terms of support, everything you could ask to be a professional soccer player mm. was all there. So I knew I was coming into a team and culture that was all, like, it was kind of set. We could still build it off the players we had and players come and go every single season. Um, but I think throughout my five years, it was my last year, this past year, that we really built that family. Mm. Um, and, and that was hard to leave and say yes, but it was also something I wanted with coming to Angel City, is it's an expansion team, there's going to be adversity, there's going to be highs and lows, you've all either played on different teams in the NWSL, or you're coming from Europe or different countries and everything. So it's a whole collective group, and it wasn't just the players, it was the staff, it was the owners, like everybody was coming together, and how do we figure out how to gel and work together so mm-hmm. that we obviously at the end result is like, we want to win on the field. Uh, But I think more than winning on the field, this team is creating such a powerful community around the community Mm -hmm. and really embracing everybody's like authentic self. Like you can be you and you are a hundred percent supportive. And that means so much to me because not that I didn't have it in Portland. I think this is so unique because we're majority owned by women. Mm. And I've literally talked to our president and founder Julie Ehrman like I've had conversations with her and I felt like it wasn't like president and player it was people to people and I could just have a genuine conversation with her and I've had that with so many different of our owners and investors and I just felt like I can be me and I'm not just this pro soccer player who's doing things on the field yeah um I'm so much more than that and I think that's such a huge point with looking at athletes and pro athletes. It's like, we're not just on this pedestal. Like we are human beings. We have emotions and I'm fully embraced and accepted at this club. And wherever I want to go, not just on the soccer field with things I want to do off the field in the community, everything I'm fully like, Hey, if you want to do this, we'll help you. We have all these resources, so many resources, so many people that actually like, Hey, you want to do this? We got you. Mm-hmm. Um, so to have that support means so much to me. Um, it means more than obviously just being a soccer player because I'm not just that.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, that's the whole premise of the yes, show, right? Yes, <laughs> exactly. <laughs> it is. I want to highlight the other stuff you're doing too, but it has been really cool to see the community that you guys have built around it. I need to get my hands on uh, the new Away jersey yes. that you guys just dropped with the palm tree print.
1: Oh, yeah. Absolutely it's fire. By far my favorite jersey I've ever had as a pro. <laughs> I was,
0: when I saw that, I was like, I don't care what this costs (laughs) i will actually buy it from nike and and make it happen yep uh what's it been like playing next to the coliseum at bank of america or bank of california not bank of america bank of california (laughs) stadium how has that been as just an experience overall for you
1: oh it's it's on another level um obviously playing at Providence Park in Portland was incredible, but this like exceeded my expectations Mm. because I'm used to playing in front of 20,000 fans and then to bring the same energy, but it was like this new cool unique energy um, where like you're just in the stadium and and you just feel it. And when you have, we had our home opener we sold out 22,000 fans. It was incredible. And even this past uh, Saturday, I think we had around 18000 Wow. So if we can get that on a consistent basis, it just shows that people want to actually come to games. They want to watch women's soccer. And I think it's such like an interesting time in women's sports where everybody's like, hey, this is an undervalued investment. Mm-hmm. And if I invest, I'm actually going to get more back from it. Not just money, not just financially, but actually in terms of the community and the whole World that women's soccer, women's sports encompasses because it's we've been around, yeah. We've been here the <laughs> whole time, and uh, obviously to get more coverage, to get more finances, and you know equality and everything. It's just starting to happen. It's like where was this decades ago? And the thing is, the pioneers. When you talk about the Coliseum, the pioneers are you know the 99ers, the women's World Cup team, mm-hmm. you know Mia Hamm, Abby Wambach, Julie Fowdy, like all of those incredible soccer players and legends that I look up to when I was young now are also investors in Angel City. I mean, it's like literally it's come full circle and they've done so much on the field and off the field to fight for equality that to now be investors in this team. It's just like you couldn't ask for a better place here in Angel City.
0: Yeah, I think it's interesting because when you and I first really connected and talked, I had just watched the LFG documentary on HBO and we, we talked about the pay gap and where women's soccer is versus men's soccer at that time and divine timing what what is it two days ago that equal pay actually gets passed what does that actually mean for you as a player and women's sports as a whole what's the what's the pulse (laughs) coming from someone that's actually in it
1: yes um it's a historic moment and um i think to actually like take a moment and just sit in it and realize what just happened and what not just the current women's national team not just current women's soccer players have been fighting for but this has been decades Mm. has really come now to a pivotal point in history and it can only go up from here and the thing is is the women's national team have been pioneers have been badass on the field for so long and then how many World Cups how many Olympic gold medals have they won and now they're actually being paid equally to the men um it's it's monumental
0: yeah yeah i'm sure i mean i can hear it in just the tone of your voice You're, you're excited um where do you think it goes from from here
1: uh like i said it can only go up and where i want to take it is obviously like i said people want to watch women's soccer they want to watch women's sports it's i mean you see more people at WNBA games and other women's, you know, hockey games and Mm -hmm. lacrosse and all these sports are like people are actually showing up. I think what I want to do is take it to the next level of like fans investing in the entire league in the NWSL. So I want to take the league public Mm. so that fans can own half the league and create this reinvestment for only five dollars for only initially five dollars. Would you pay $5 would, to invest yeah. in the end the entire I think league? I would probably pay like 10, 15 <laughs> yeah. tops, but yeah, no, I'd throw some money in there. <laughs> no, so I want to create reinvestment, um, and obviously with equal pay right now, it's a huge step, but I want to take it to an even further step, and mm. obviously IPO is, is definitely a big step, and, uh, but I think I'm, I'm in the right place with the right investors, on my team that if I can get this out more and promote it more mm-hmm. I think so many people can get on board and I think what I need to do is like take a poll would you invest five dollars to be owner of an entire NBSL
0: yeah walk me through the logistics of like how that actually <laughs> works it's, this is where your Princeton degree it really <laughs> shines right like <laughs> how what would that process look like
1: yeah so obviously initial public offering would take depending on who I use and the investment banks I use, I'll need backing by that, like the Goldman Sachs. Um, it could take between nine months and two years. Uh, but I think with the people I have, it's very doable. Mm-hmm. Um, I think I just need to get more of a pull and what I've been working on, like step by step is getting a pull of what people invest. Um, so I think if I can get those numbers, I've already written on the numbers in terms of how much it would take, how much, that's why $5 initially yeah. is very simple. Every kid would love to, to be like, hey, mom, hey, dad, I need $5 yeah. to... Great Christmas present, yeah, exactly. birthday present, and just also, because. <laughs> yes, and also it's different. So getting that certificate would pay dividends. So it's not like the Green hmm. Bay Packers. So they sold stock five different years, beginning in the 1930s, because they needed funding for lights. They needed funding financially for the team to pay everything. Um, So people bought in. But the thing is, is that stock was just a certificate on their wall. So Mm. there's no way that could pay dividends. They were not going to get anything back from it. Um, So this stock in this league would pay dividends. And it's not just being an owner of a team like the Green Bay Packers. It's over an entire league, Mm. which is very different. Um, And I think this league is – right now, it's a good time because – we're not like the NFL. We're not worth billions and billions of dollars. Yeah. There's not, a, you know, so many teams. We're very, you know, still small in our growth right now. But I think right now would be a huge, monumental time to take it because people are interested in women's sports and investing. And when we have over a hundred investors in Angel City, we're doing it the right way here. Yeah. Um. And it's different than it has been with other teams years past. Um. So I think I'm in the right place that people are interested and they want to know more. Um, And I've written entire white paper on it. So since graduating, um, and I think it really sparked from when I was in Portland and seeing the Rose City Riveters, seeing how passionate these fans are and how they show up day in and day out for our games and cheering us on. But what Mm -hmm. are they getting back from it? Yes, they get the experience of supporting women's soccer, and women's sports. And that's Thank you. Thank you. We appreciate that. (laughs) Do more of that. But I think, what are they getting back from it? They want a piece of it. So if I can help take the league public, then fans, players, owners, everybody will be a part of this really monumental experience Mm. that's never been done before. Um, So going for it. We'll see how it goes. I I love it. (laughs) I mean,
0: whatever me and whoever's listening in can do to support, you know, we're here for it. I think it's... It's super cool, and you you mentioned kind of perfect timing, right? Like the league has been around for enough of a time yeah, now, where it's okay. established. Yeah, we're not. Unfortunately, we see it in a lot of other pro sports leagues where it's like it just it's this one pro lacrosse league, one year, yeah. and then everyone is now in this new yeah. league, and then now this new league two years, three <laughs> years later. I'm like, it's got to be exhausting. Yeah. The stability, I'm sure. I mean, there's enough volatility in <laughs> in these um, sports as it is, in pro sports in general, like to throw in, hey, your league may or may not be there at the end of the we year. We had
1: that. I mean, this league has been around for 10 years, but there was yeah. two leagues before that that folded financially. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, we also just completed our CBA a couple of months ago. Um, so that was <laughs> huge because – For so long we didn't have a lot of rights we just signed them away in our standard player agreement Mm. we didn't have any hey you get leave for parental mental health you get more you know you're not getting paid the minimum the bare minimum Uh, we're actually being treated more like professional athletes Um, and people are investing more that's why it's such a crucial time where the investment is there and if you take the investment and the community and put them together it's unstoppable and that's where it needs to continue to grow.
0: Yeah. Well, I, I think you need both, right? No,
2: definitely. <laughs>
0: like, it doesn't It doesn't exist without a good product on the field. But it also, a good product on the field can't really exist if there's not people in the, in the stands. stands watching. Yeah. And buying the merch and spending at concessions and yep. all of the fun things that go into it. So, exactly. it's a serious catch-22 <laughs> <laughs> of sorts. <laughs> I just watched... Um, Have you seen the Showtime series on um, HBO? It's about the Showtime Lakers in the '80s, and like Jerry Buss buys the tanking Lakers, (laughs) and they're like, "This is the worst investment of all time." Like, why would you do this? And then in year one, he drafts Magic Johnson. They win the title, (laughs) and they go on to win a couple of titles throughout the '80s. But it was exploring exactly that, where he gambled on, "I'm gonna pour money onto the the court." And into this fan experience at the time, the LA Forum was like, eh, of an arena. (laughs) And he took it to the next level. He put a nightclub in there. He did all this. got the Laker dancer girls that we see now that didn't exist before. And I, I see similar elements to what you guys are doing of investing not just onto the pitch, but what's surrounding it Oh,
2: completely. and
0: even more so what's surrounding the stadium, yes. the outside community too. I went, um, I think it was two, two, three weeks ago. I went to the MLR game. Mm-hmm. That was I think a few hours before yeah. kickoff for you guys. And I was blown away. It was so cool to see people tailgating.
1: There's a fan fest. it's called. Yeah. <laughs>
0: I was like, this is awesome. I've never seen that before yeah. there. Um, so that's been pretty cool yeah. to just it's, see.
1: It's amazing. I mean, it started two years ago. It started in twenty twenty, mm. um, and to see where it has come, obviously there's transition, there's difficult moments, there's highs and lows, and we're gonna go through that as well. And we've been through that. Um, there's gonna be adversity, but I think in that adversity, you grow so much closer. Not just with your teammates going through that grind and creating that culture and everything and establishing that culture, but also with your investors, with your owners, and doing it together and having those open, open uh, conversations
2: mm-hmm.
1: is vital. Like you need that. Um, and I've had literally, I've been in circles with our owners and investors, like high power people. Like, and I'm, I'm in these circles and I'm like, I don't feel out of place. Mm. I'm also not treated out of place. I'm not just Tyler, the professional athlete who just came off the soccer field. Like I literally am a person who has ideas, who wants to help, make this even better than it already is um and yeah that first game we had at the bank was a moment that goes down in history 429 that's yeah it was it was an incredible day um to get the win also i don't think anybody expected that uh but we just had that energy and enthusiasm and it's with every single person throughout this entire Mm. organization and the community like i see people in the street wearing angel city gear and i'm like i like that but i also see like young boys wearing it too and and that's incredible when young boys are like hey I want your picture hey I want your autograph I'm like it really is encompassing so many different people from so many different backgrounds like it doesn't matter who you are yeah you can support this team because you're going to have the backing as well
0: that's got to be so cool to see and just experience (laughs) you know um like who would have thought yeah who would have thought I mean when you first graduated and got drafted did you think that this would be Probably never in a million years that this would be your current situation.
1: I hoped and wished. Um, mm. And it took a little bit. It took a little bit for people to figure out, hey, we need to do the right thing. Mm-hmm. Hey, we need to step in and make changes. But it started from us as players. We've been saying this for years. And we finally got people to listen and make change. Um, and to have the backing to get the change done, that's what you need consistently. And that's what creates a very healthy working environment Mm -hmm. and it's not just a working environment it's your day-to-day and who you are um and yeah it's it's incredible and i'm really happy to be here at angel city
0: yeah it's cool in hearing you speak about it it sounds like it's a culture that you don't have to turn off and on like when you walk in the door you can just show up as you are yeah and you can go home and be the same exact person, and that's enough for them.
1: It is enough. And that was told to us the first day. Mm. Um, and I've told so many owners, and, like, I've even talked to Kara Norman, who's actually a Princeton alum as well, that having those conversations with her, I was like, thank you. Like, what you're doing, I know it's been very challenging, but this means more to me than anything. Mm. anything playing on the field. I love what I do. I love my job. I want to show up and be the best me every day. And I can do that here. Um, And every single person can do that. Wherever you come from, doesn't matter. Um, Yeah. You walk in, you walk out, you're you. And that's the best part.
0: Mm. Who are you beyond soccer? (laughs) You set set yourself up for that question. (laughs)
1: Uh, Who am I? Um, I'm intense. I am very fierce. Um, I am also kind-hearted and goofy and silly at times and very passionate about everything I want to do. Um, and I want to put my whole heart into it, mm. even if I've never done it before. Um, I think when you're thrown into environments where you have are challenged, you're uncomfortable, you've never experienced before, you're going to be a beginner, you're not going to be great at it. It doesn't matter what it is. Um, so I think being open to learning and growing is something that I've kind of figured out these last two and a half years, um, with so much going on in the world, um, that transition and like more self-awareness, um, has been vital in who Tyler Lucy is.
0: Mm. What was that process to get started in cultivating self-awareness? Cause I like to say on the, in the show, like awareness is great. It actually kind of sucks, though, in some (laughs) breaths, too, because then you start to be more mindful of the things that you don't like about yourself and (laughs) things that you would like to change. And it's like, oh, like, if I never brought awareness to this chair leg digging into my leg, like, I would feel fine. But now that I'm thinking about it, that's all I can think about. (laughs) What is that process? One, where did it start for you? And how did it start while you're still in athletics? Because I know a lot of athletes that just push it off and be like, oh, no, that's too... Too woo-woo, but I guess you're in the city for it.
1: (laughs) I think through different experiences, um, through also having hard conversations with teammates and allowing myself to be vulnerable, Mm. I think was very hard as a young kid and an athlete. Like you kind of just get in the grind, you just keep going. And obviously having family and friends, very like close circle of mine, I love, and I've really created that. Um, so I always can go to them I, I always have their you know they always have my back uh but it's through the different experiences with different people that whether I know them or not i've just had conversations with them and listened, and I think that's the most important thing is if you can listen and then not listening in order to respond to what you want to say, but actually like genuinely listening to that person
2: mm-hmm.
1: um whether. Right or wrong, good or bad, doesn't matter what it is. Having those genuine, vulnerable conversations allowed me to be more more vulnerable with my teammates, the people in my life, to open up more and be okay with that and to be accepted that way. Um, but then, obviously, you know, you like you said, you become more self-aware to all these little things, and then sometimes, like, you don't want to try to like spiral because then you're like going down this hole you're trying to get out of. But having those people in your life that you can go to or the people you can talk to um, has definitely been beneficial um, but i've yeah, definitely become more self-aware which is is a good thing and whether i'm frustrated i know hey where is it stemming from like mm-hmm. where are these things coming from why if i'm anxious about something where is it coming from um, and then how to reset myself how to reset myself for me so that i can show up and be the best person wasn't easy. Sometimes I would just be like, Hey, put your head down and keep grinding. And I do that. But I also know that if I'm doing that and it's not helping Mm -hmm. or I'm not calm about it, then I know that there's something else that I need to either talk to someone about or help figure it out. Um, so yeah, it's, it's definitely been a process, um, in those experiences.
0: Yeah. I think one of the best superpowers that high-level high-level athletes have is their ability to compartmentalize yeah. and suppress <laughs> um, it can also be their biggest downfall yes. on Achilles heel <laughs> if they never go back and revisit it yeah. there's something to be said about hey you mess up on the field and you're able to just shake it off and go to that next play and make the next best move yeah. you know being what I mean present,
1: fully being present that's hard yeah it is not easy what
0: helps you on the field and what helps you off the field with that
1: i think i was actually dealing with this in the last game uh playing left back for the second time i was like very frustrated in the first half and little things little mess you know mistakes the simple things the basic things you Mm -hmm. learn being a soccer player and being trained to do this for like over two decades um so i think in that moment i was like hey just next play next play be present like focus on the next play if you can win that tackle go get the ball Make the simple pass. Um, And I remember at halftime, I was like to my teammate, my really close teammate, I was like, hey, I need you right now. Like, I just need you because I'm being thrown in this position again I've never played the second time, and I just need some confidence. Like, I'm a very confident person myself, Mm -hmm. but in that moment, I needed my teammates. And I remember when I went back out on the field for the second half, we were literally about to start off kickoff, and she comes over to me. She gives me a high five. She's like, Tyler, smile like have fun like this is what it's about you're supposed to enjoy it like have fun and i literally just like this wave of calmness came over me Mm. and internally i was freaking out on external i probably looked pretty calm but i needed that like i needed my teammates and i know that she's just i just needed that because i always tell people hey smile and have fun like remember that three to five year old kid who loved playing soccer and was thrown out a little grass field and was just kicking a ball around like remember that girl um and that helped me reset in the second half and then we ended up winning clean sheet again and i remember that night i was still we won again defender we won clean sheet you did your job but i was still slightly frustrated with my performance mm-hmm. but i then was reminded by my teammates and my family and friends that i talked to that i'm really close with they're like hey no one would have known you, that was your second game as left back. So I was like, wait, I should probably just give myself a break. Um, And that's difficult because like we said, we're high performing athletes. We want, we're competitive. We want to win. We want to do well. And I felt like, oh, I let the team down in a sense, Mm -hmm. but I, I didn't like, and I needed to know that within myself. Um, And then with that reset, with that reset of like, hey, I know how to play this game. I'm confident in myself, I'm confident in my abilities. I know what I'm doing. Is it gonna be perfect? No, no one is. I'm not perfect, nothing is. You're gonna make mistakes, it's part of life. It's part of soccer, life, anything you do outside. Um, So I needed that reset and that helped me, and that will help me continue, whether I'm throwing this position again, um, to keep it simple and life is supposed to be fun. And enjoyable and enjoy the moment. Um, And then outside of soccer, obviously do a lot of other things um, with mentoring young athletes. Mm -hmm. I love that. I feel like if I can help a young athlete in some way in their life with sports school, um, how to deal with social life, um, so many aspects of it, how to nutrition, sleep, everything that goes into being Mm -hmm. um, a scholar athlete is is so important to me because I had that when I was younger um and if I can help one athlete one young kid in some small portion I know that I did enough um and that helps me so that I'm not just focusing on soccer all the time um like I have so many things outside of soccer and so many other facets to me that I love and enjoy
0: yeah yeah how do you Make time for those outside, or well, even in season or off season as well. I'm assuming during the season itself, those have to take a back seat a yes. little bit. Um, but what do you do in what are like some absolute non negotiables even in season? Just they can be little things that really light you up that you're making sure no matter what <laughs> you're getting these done.
1: Well, obviously, yeah, the mentoring is huge piece of what I want to do so Mm. I send messages to all my mentees every single morning checking in on them how's their day going and that just also gets my day going as well because if I can just spark their you know energy or positivity just right in the morning when they need it then I know I did enough for them and then throughout the day like yoga, I'm trying to get more into yoga. <laughs> <Here we go. laughs> trying. Um, but just kind of in the morning very calm and just, you know, not anything crazy or intense before I go to practice. I do, however, dance a little bit before I leave the house. Here we go. It's like one of my favorite things to do. It like just makes me happy and I just like hey, I'm going out my day, whatever happens, good or bad, like I'm gonna enjoy it. Mm-hmm. Um so it's just like that little moment to myself. Um and then go off my day, and then obviously with time management with my other work um it's other work off the field definitely takes a back back seat and it's not full time um, but uh, I still enjoy it and with time management and balance, which is just what I tell my young athletes, um you can do anything you just have to prioritize prioritize what is most important to you
0: yeah, how's that time management been <laughs> for you because I always joke with college athletes yeah. it's like it's that buzzword that you were yeah. fed that you were good at <laughs> and then you're thrown into because I mean even at the I'm mean, imagine at the pro level uh, um, this is your experience and not mine so I can ask you like no one's holding your hand quite like i not I would imagine at Princeton they're not really holding your hand <laughs> but you you knew like when the study hall was you knew when dining hall hours yeah. were you knew when practice lift all of that fun things uh just thinking back on it right like
1: thinking back on it now (laughs) it's like oh my gosh
0: all the things we had to do that was the least of our problems (laughs) what's that been like in pros because I know when I left sport altogether, I was like I got time management and then I realized if I don't have a calendar I'm like totally screwed yeah I get to 5 6 p.m and I'm like (laughs) what did I do today I don't know (laughs) Yeah, <laughs> had finding- a conversation with Tyler, and that's about it. <laughs> <laughs> that's, that's everything.
1: Yeah, finding that structure outside of like college and everything was definitely a challenge, but also, like, I have practice, I have games, so like, that's within my calendar. Um, team meetings, multiple team meetings, team video, so that's all built in. That's obviously priority because this is what I love to do, it's my main job as a professional soccer player. So that's all built in, but then with the time around it, I'm able to build in mentoring young athletes, working on different ideas, um, helping my family in their assisted living business from, you know, it's on the East coast and I'm on the West coast. So the time difference and everything is challenging, um, but it's just being able to like work on my toes um, mm-hmm. very quickly and, and adjusting. It's not easy. Um, sometimes it can be obviously like frustrating. Cause you're like, oh, I, one meeting got canceled because you know, practice got shifted, but it's like, I have to go to practice. Like I have to go to my job. But I'm trying to manage all these other things. So at times it can be overwhelming. Mm-hmm. But I also know that I have to take time off and take breaks when I have that. Um, and not put so much pressure on myself to get everything done. And, and to just be perfect. Because like I said, no one is. Um, and I can only show up and be the best me with the energy I have. And I want to do like give my all. Whatever, whether that's 110%, which I always want to do but if it's not that I'm going to show up and give my all and whatever energy that is Mm -hmm. Um, but it definitely has been that transition but I think now six years in I've definitely figured out what really works for me so it's like before I go to bed obviously I love like enjoy reading and everything but also setting my schedule for like the next day Mm. Um, and with soccer you know we have our game schedule set practice schedule set even though that can shift and it's just about hey how can you work around that with the other things you enjoy doing outside of soccer
0: yeah one of the realizations that I had around just time management and scheduling as a, a whole because I'm very a very <laughs> like, type a sounds like sounds like you can maybe relate <laughs> very to that type a. <laughs> um of I would I would love looking at my calendar yeah. and seeing no breaks no like gaps between stuff and then things would get thrown off and yeah. I'd be like oh my gosh like what do you mean you were five minutes late yeah. to our session? now, the next thing I have on there is five <laughs> minutes late, and it's yeah. just this perpetual rolling Spirals. thing. Um, but I thought recently in the past like year or two really of well, we all game plan for an opponent mm-hmm. or whatever upcoming matches, and we can do that until we're blue in the face, but when we go into the actual game, they might show us a totally different yes. style of play <laughs> well, than we, How do we adjust? game plan yeah if we don't adjust and we don't stay flexible we're gonna lose (laughs) (laughs) like it's not gonna go well Um, so that's kind of allowed me personally to lighten that expectation and pressure of my calendar is what it is and it needs to stay exactly that and I'm gonna be pissed off at so and so for not showing up or showing up late whatever it may be it sounds like you can relate to that yeah, I definitely can <laughs>
1: it definitely no it's such an adjustment because yeah I am very type a like I like a schedule I like it's set but over the years I'm like nothing is going to be set perfectly mm. like we're all humans like things happen and you just have to be able to adjust whether you like it or not um and be open to that I think that's also been like hard to do is be open to transition and challenges in things that are unexpected because there's only so many things you can control in life. Yeah. Um, And I've realized that. And I think as long as you show up and give your all, then that's all you can, that's enough. Like you said.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, absolutely. That's all, that's all we can ever ask (laughs) of anyone. Right.
1: (laughs) (laughs) But it's hard to get to that for so many people. Like it's hard to get to that point where it's like, Hey, you can only, control so much in life.
0: Looking back for your experience, if you could dissect it <laughs> retroactively, what what did step one look like for you to get to that point? Because I'm sure someone listening in right now is exactly that of they were where you were mm-hmm. and they want to be where you are right now. But it's almost like looking up a mountain and being like, holy shit, I don't know how to get there. Yeah. What What was step one for you?
1: I think it was not to compare myself to other people Mm. because especially as you know as teammates you're competitive sometimes you're playing the same position and it's like well you want to play soccer at the end of the day or whatever it is in life i think i stopped comparing myself to other people and what other people's expectations of me or this and that from different family or friends or coaches or anything it's just like i needed to be present and if I wasn't present, then I was thinking about the future, but I can't control what the future is going to happen. The past already happened. All I can be is here right now, sitting and talking to you. Um, And I think if I did that earlier, I think not that I didn't enjoy the journey, but I was so focused on the grind and what's going to happen in the next game or if I'm going to play or not or life or anything. And like thinking too far in the future and not focusing on where I am now and accepting where I am now. Whether I like it or not, um, there's always things I can work on. And having the core group of people around me and really establishing that to help me as well along the way because you need those people in your life. Mm -hmm. You can't just do it all on your own. You can try and I try to do that, um, but I think if you can find those people that you can really be genuine and vulnerable with, they'll help you along the way and they'll help you stay present
0: Absolutely. Yeah. I mean, it's the best gift we have, it right? Is. Is, yeah. the, is this moment right yeah. here. Tyler, I, I want to just acknowledge you for being open and, <laughs> and present with me today. I know you have a zillion things going on. My brain is also a zillion <laughs> got miles to, per exactly. hour You're moving soon. right now. Um, you know how that goes. Yep. But I seriously have enjoyed this conversation with you. Thank yeah. you for taking the time coming down to Venice yeah. and Recording with us today, I want to ask you the fast five. Oh, okay. And we rapid fire one word, one answer <laughs> questions, um, or one one word, one sentence answers. The first one I got for you is, what's your go-to podcast that you're jamming out to? Uh,
1: I'd say Jay Shetty. Mm. On purpose. Good choice. Yeah. Number two. Well, he is also an investor too. There Shout out you go. To Jay Shetty. <laughs> there you go.
0: Shout out to Jay. <laughs> Number two, favorite book you've read in the past year.
1: Flying Angels. Mm. by Daniel Steele.
0: Number three, quote you live by?
1: Whistle to whistle. It's my own quote.
0: I like it. Number four, what's something you can't live without?
1: People in my life.
0: Mm. Number five, if you could sum up your focus right now in life to one word, what would that be?
1: No sleeves FC. Nice.
0: There's a
1: meaning behind it.
0: Let's let's hear it. So <laughs> That's the last question. So.
1: <laughs> so, I'm still yeah. There's tons of meetings, and I can take it anywhere. It actually started on Twitter, because uh, in games I would roll my sleeves, and I've been doing it since I was little because mm-hmm. I'm hot, and sometimes sleeves are restricting, um, and so people on Twitter would comment like, "Oh, your arms are super defined," and and you know, would just comment on that, and then turn it turned into No Sleeves FC, and I think it's just about being strong and authentically yourself. Mm. And I'm running with it. And uh, I think so many people in this community have cheered it, said it to me, and I just recognize it. And even like little girls and everything, seeing them like rolling up their sleeves and showing their arms, showing that they're strong and everything. It's like, if I can make young girls and young boys and people know that they're strong in who they are as people, And young people, um, that's, like, the most important thing. Like, they are enough with who they are as people. Mm -hmm. Um, So No Sleeves FC is is rocking and going forward. I love it. Yeah. I
0: I think you found that next – thing beyond so. soccer that yeah. might be merch coming soon we'll yeah see. well
1: i have i have it on a little thing right <laughs> now so there we go i was like somebody's like well she's not wearing uh she's wearing sleeves right now i was like no i am wearing a no sleeves fc tank top so
0: underneath yeah. that was gonna be my last <laughs> question was, do you have sleeves on underneath your pullover there um tyler seriously thank you where can those listening in find more of you keep up with everything that you're doing the league uh angel city all of the above
1: yeah so I'm, I'm on Instagram I'm on Twitter Tyler Lucy um, and also follow Angel City follow NOSL, watch our games uh, they're on Paramount they're on CBS they're on Twitch uh, show up and uh, show full support because it's uh, it's most appreciated and uh, it's uh, necessary to grow
0: absolutely absolutely <laughs> thank, thank you, you. thank yeah, you so thank much you. Appreciate you taking the time to tune in with us today. We love Tyler's story and even more what she is doing for not just herself, but the game and the future generation of athletes. Take a second to share this with a friend, a family member, or a teammate if it spoke to you. And as always, flow on, my friends. I'll see you next week.